The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The Balls and Strikes podcast is brought to you by Elkhorn Training Camp. Let's have some fun and play ball. Here's your host, Tom Oldham. Welcome back to the Balls and Strikes podcast. I am your host, Tom Oldham. I am joined yet again with Coach Oltman and Coach Hale. And today we are going to be deep diving fielding. And again, these segments are really focused on youth coaches and giving you practical advice on how you can help your teams Uh, prepare for the season and during the season and in this episode we're going to be focusing on fielding talking about fundamentals situations uh, making plays and Alex I'm going to talk to you I'm going to have you start us off when you if you were talking to a group of youth coaches uh, about fielding let's talk about infield what are some things that you would say to them in terms of this is what a good youth infielder looks like this is how they play that sort of thing what would you say to them i gotta start with being right in the right position to field the ball and even before that you would start with being in a ready position Uh, we talk about being an athletic position we have our prep step where you're taking two steps and a little hop to be ready to go either direction okay that when they approach the ball they are not just blindly running at it Uh, i learned from a lot of good infielders and infield and watching guys and observing and playing that ball goes down, you go towards it, ball goes at you, freeze or drop step. That's because we watch big league games. They never get in between hops. And there's a reason they don't get in between hops because they choose their hop. And that's one of the big things they do is read the ball off the bat, take the appropriate steps. Uh, For an infielder, then you got to keep from there being in the right position, working on your proper footwork will help you keep it simple, but then start slow. Roll ground balls. There's a reason that Creighton does it. There's a reason they're so good at fielding. They roll ground balls. They do their short hop drills every day. And that's huge um, as far as, like, working on your good footwork at a slower pace and then going faster. With youth baseball, you can always go faster. But if you can't do it right slowly, you can't do it right quickly. And this is That yep. goes for hitters, too. If you can't hit slow, you can't hit fast. But if you can hit slow, you can hit fast. You just got to speed up a little bit. So when you're talking to hitters, we'll have days where we just throw light, light, soft BP. It's just like ground balls. Roll ground balls. Every yeah, coach in the should roll ground balls to start the season. One of, one of the things that I am curious on is, uh, you guys know this, my my son, it's going to be his first year in um, select ball next year. And when we're working on fielding, it is a struggle for nine-year-olds, or at least on our team, to get into a fielding position or get, uh, you, you called it a prep step, mm-hmm. um, getting ready to, to, to field the ball any tricks tips for coaches on how to get players to consistently do this at a young age because it is un- unless we're saying it as coaches it doesn't happen so to get our team our freshmen this fall to do this because i had all new freshmen when they would come up to get the ground ball that we would hit them they had as they did their prep step they had to yell out an animal and that got them active <laughs> and as they yelled it they'd be like 
they jump and they hit their hop and they go rhinoceros or giraffe or whatever. And so that got them out of their shells a little bit. And then to make it even funnier, we had them add a color. And so it'd be like purple reindeer and like, but they would have to yell it. And until they yelled it, and this was across the field when it was windy outside, until I could hear it, I didn't hit the ground ball. And it got really funny. It got them all loosened up, but it also got them into that, like, right, left, hop. And then when they hopped, they would yell it. And then they would get their ground ball, and they were ready to go. And it just kind of made it this thing that they did. Like, everybody was doing it, so it wasn't embarrassing anymore. But it made it fun. And it took away kind of the being awkward and being quiet, because we had a brand-new group of kids, and – um, it was just, it was a hoot, but it, it was pretty funny too. It's kind of interesting to see what they come up with, but it would also they got them... during a game. <laughs> so they would start to, they would start to, <laughs> I, I think, I think once you get like the whole infield doing it and they see it in the game, it's like, Oh, okay, this is what we do. Um, yep. but we just will always make sure they, you know, we'd yell and make, make sure you get in your ready positions for our eight, nine, you, we called it ready positions. And so ready position, they'd hop right. was the pitch, you know, was released and they're ready to go. Um, but just have them do it without a, without fielding a ground ball. Have it do it as part of their warm up, like right, left, hop, and then when they take their ground ball, don't hit it until they do it, and make it make them understand that that's part of being ready to go either direction. And that it's gonna it makes it very very simple to kind of get in that mindset of like like you're getting under the squat bar, you're getting under the bench press. You're like, all right, lock in. Here's what we're doing, and it's yep. kind of that same prep step. So, what do you guys do with high school guys? Like with your with your team, like when you guys get all those kids together and they all think they're shortstops, and I mean, what's the what's the breakdown of like infielding and? Well, the cream kind of rises to the top, so it doesn't take long for them to figure out. Hey, if I want to play, kind of like what you mentioned in previous podcasts, where if I want to play, I might have to move positions, and so we're always stressing the kids: make yourself marketable by playing as many positions as possible. And then one thing that I I try to do, and sometimes I need to do a better job of this, is just explain to kids, hey, we're going to move you around because you're 15 years old and we don't know where your best position might be yet. You know, we had we had a kid last year who played shortstop his entire life and we moved him to the outfield and he ended up being a really, really good outfielder for us because we had another kid that could play shortstop and fill a hole and, and uh, it worked out. And once he kind of realized, you know, at first he was a little hesitant, but then once he got out there, he's like, Wow, I actually really like this. So I think sometimes it's good just to move kids around because just because you've done it this way your entire life doesn't mean that you're always going to be stuck there. And that doesn't mean that that's going to be your position moving forward. So I think getting kids exposed to different positions um, helps them. You know, you see, uh, he's the guy from the Red Sox, he's the outfielder, Mookie Betts. Was he, he always takes like balls at shortstop, mm-hmm. you know, just to get them being athletic in other positions. And I think so doing that, especially at the youth level, moving kids around, not locking them into one position can be really, really important for them down the road. You know, hey, you know, you get to high school tryouts and it's like kid runs to shortstop, but he's had some experience in the outfield and then he goes to the outfield too. And now a high school coach sees that and it's like, oh, this kid is like multi-tooled. I can put him anywhere. That makes that gives himself a better shot to make a team. Do you guys ask him? Because you guys filter for our summer players. You guys kind of bridge that gap from fall to, to summer with like, okay, we might tell him one thing in the fall. And it's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then they get to spring and it's like, you guys tell him it's like, oh, okay. It's like the final straw. Like, now it's true. Now it's real. And then we come back. We, we'll get guys in the summer, and it's like, yeah, I am that position. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we know. But um, how do you guys – do you guys ask them? Or do you try them out at everything? Because, I mean, when, I feel like when we were playing, I just wanted to get on the field. So, like, you want me to play left field? Okay. Catcher? Okay. Whatever. Um, and I was caught, but, like, I would have gone to third or second or whatever. 
Well, I think sometimes when they don't play, that, that <laughs> helps them. You know, if, mm-hmm. hey, you want to get on the field? We really need outfielders. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go try that? And, you know, if we don't move them around, sometimes by the middle of the year when they're not playing as much as they'd like, they're like, hey, can I go run out with the outfielders today? And go. we'll be like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so we try to communicate to them. We try to really explain to them why we maybe see, like, hey, this, this position might be in your future and just, like, almost over-communicate to the point to where that way they really understand where we're coming from and how this could actually serve them better down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you're not the backup. You're not even in the conversation. Yeah. Got it, it's a tough conversation to have, but you're helping in the long run. Right. And everyone's got to hear it at some point, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's cool. Does How does arm strength play into the – if you're a youth coach, are you putting guys into positions based on arm strength – or is it more on the ability to make the play, field the ball? I I mean, I really think at the youth level, you need to move him around as much as you can. I mean, I don't think you should try and bucket a kid into one spot just because of where he's at. Because you don't know how a nine-year-old's going to grow up. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what he might turn into at a, at a later date. So, you know, keeping him at second base because he's a little guy, you know, who knows? He might end up being 6'3 and being, playing a corner infield spot or – playing in the outfield. I mean, you just don't know that. So I don't think that's fair necessarily to the kid to lock him into one position. Now, it's really easy f- to say that, and, you know, you might, you know, take some hits for it. But. So I've tried both. I've tried both. When I first started coaching, I, I moved guys around a lot, and it wasn't working as well as I, th- as I thought. And so we played this team, and they just were kicking everybody's butts. And I finally pulled the coach aside, and I was like, hey, what, what's your secret, dude? Like, tell me, because you guys are just a machine. And he's like three positions. He's like, you get one infield, one outfield, and then you can catch, pitch. That's fine. He goes, you get one infield position, one outfield position for the first half of the year. And this is at seven and eight U. He's like, because then you get a chance to get comfortable there. Then you get a chance to look around and see what everybody else is doing, where they're going. And now after that, after doing that for a half a year, you move them around. Well, now I know where everybody's going. And I get it more. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like so that. we started doing that. And – you, you kind of put them in spots by their skill set, but then it's just it's as much to just get them used to seeing what else is going on. And then, you know, halfway through the year, you move them around. Or right away, if it's obviously a bad fit, then you move them. But you want to give them a chance to get comfortable somewhere because until they're comfortable, they can't really show you what they can do anyway. And so really get an idea of, you know, guys are going to – because by seven, six, seven, eight years old, you're starting to get an idea of how you move. By 10, you're starting to figure out your kind of identity is whether you're going to be – athletically inclined or more, you know, academically, technically, whatever you're, whatever you're, the things you like, you kind of start to find your identity. So by, by those, by those ages, we like to think of kids like, oh, they can do anything at any age. It's like, well, remember back to that age, you kind of started to read the writing on the wall. You know, you started to figure out what you were good at and kids are going to gravitate towards what they're good at. So we, I tried it both ways and I was very surprised when somebody told me, I was like, "Ah, I don't want to pigeonhole them. And then it was like, oh, no, they're having more fun now because now they know where to go. They know what to do. And now they're more confident. And then they really blossomed. And that was pretty cool to see. So I was really glad I asked that coach that day. It was just one of those right place, right time things. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Coaches, hopefully you got some good practical advice today. Uh, Guys, thanks for joining, talking about fielding at the youth level. Join us next episode where we're going to be deep diving pitching. Thanks, guys. Media Production.